Hello, everyone. I am Matt Toth, Executive Director of the J. Cruz Education Center, and welcome back to the J. Cruz Education Center podcast. Today, we are going to focus on another one of our 16 pathways. Remember, our goal with this podcast is to jump into the lives of individuals and discover what it's like to be them as we help people discover what jobs exist and how they can mesh their talents and passions to find a career that is fulfilling. Next up is the Human Services Pathway, and today... I am joined by our special guest, Kellen Dooley. Kellen, how are you? I am doing great. How about you, Matt? I'm great, Kellen. Thank you. So before we get started, I'll let you introduce yourself in a minute. But uh, for the folks listening, I do want to recap a human services pathway um, and let them know that the careers in this pathway focus on helping people with various needs. Um, Occupations in this field can range from needing a high school diploma all the way through a professional degree. Uh, These jobs might include a social worker, clinical counseling and school psychologist, a fitness trainer, hairstylist, cosmetologist, health educators, therapists, mental health counselors, personal care aides, rehabilitation counselors, and clergy. So if I were to sum this up, I would say it's providing personal care or a service to individuals. So that is what we have for our jobs and many more that um, it's just going to be too long to list. So let's jump right in. And Kellen, welcome today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us where you work and what your title is. Uh, my name is Kellen Dooley. I am the owner of Bio One Fort Wayne here in town. Awesome. So what do you do as the owner of Bio One? I run a crime scene cleaning company. I deal with cleaning up after a violent crime. Um, that involves a lot of blood and other bodily fluids that need to be cleaned up after everything's been taken care of, after the body's been taken care of by the coroner. Um, we also deal with undiscovered bodies, which is when a body's been uh, deceased for a while and it's been sitting there and fluids leak out and it needs to be uh, cleaned up properly because if not, it will cause disease and other problems. Hmm. So it sounds that sounds intense. <laughs> I have to say that... Uh, uh, kind of sounds disgusting. I didn't realize that there was an actual company that goes in and cleans up. I just figured the police or firemen or para, you know paramedics. I just assumed that they would take the body out and dispose of everything else. I didn't know there was an actual company that does that. Um, yes, I mean that's what a lot of the assumption is. A lot of people don't really know that until they need that type of service, and that's my biggest challenge. I think would be is to get people to understand that I exist and that I can use me and that. Um, sometimes your homeowner's insurance will pay for it for you. So there's really no reason not to give me a call and get this taken care of for you. So how did, how did you get into helping individuals through their times of crisis, specifically, like you said, in a homicide or uh, a crime scene, a suicide of some sort? How did you get into to this business? I was a paramedic for about 10 years um, off uh, full time. And just, you know, through the, going through those types of runs I've been on, I've been asked to, who's going to clean this up. And uh, I kind of deferred to the police and corners on that. And then uh, I think one day I just decided to kind of see who actually did that. And I realized there really wasn't much in the area. There's a company out of Indianapolis. And that's to me, that's too far away to service our community here. So I thought, you know, what can I do to help out our community? So as a paramedic, you saw a need for people when they are in a time of crisis to go in and be that individual that helps walk them through that and helps clean up whatever scenario or situation they're dealing with at the time. That is correct. And I'm, I'm used to death and you have to be able to be used to death if you're going to do this type of business. And 10 years of paying a paramedic has really trained me to do that. So. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're well prepared with that background. Mm-hmm. So what's the most exciting thing you do, I guess, maybe first as a business owner of Bio One, since you are the owner of the company? From a business perspective, what's the most exciting thing you do? 
you get to make all the decisions. <laughs> it's uh, really nice that uh, you don't have to get approved by anybody else. Now I do have my wife that's a part of the business and she uh, has to, she has some say in stuff too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but when it comes to, you know, it's your risk, it's your decision making. And if you think it's a good idea, you can go with it. You don't have to try to please anybody else with it, which is always a good thing. Gotcha. What's the most exciting thing you do as a, I guess as a worker of Bio One, not on the not on the business aspect side of things. Um, when you get on scene, every scene's a little different. I've been doing this for a while, and I haven't had the same scene. Um, that's the same. Everything has its own problems and challenges, and I enjoy problem solving and, cha- and solving the challenges that need to be done to get that back to as best condition I can before I am done with it. So what's the most difficult thing that you do? And you can answer in both perspectives if you want, from the business side or and or the actual cleaning side of things. Uh, I'll do the cleaning side first. It would be the smells. Um, <laughs> we do wear proper respirators and everything else, but you still once in a while will get a smell of it or it's on your suits when you come back out and you're doffing off and cleaning up. Um, but if you get past the smells, I mean, for the most part, as long as you don't think about what you're doing, you know you're helping people, it's not too bad of a job, but... There's been some that have been pretty uh, pretty smelly that kind of can get to you a little bit. Um, on the business side, I'd say paperwork. Because you got to <laughs> deal with insurance companies and sure. they just want paperwork after paperwork and just everything that goes along with it. So luckily I have a wife that takes care of most of that for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to. <laughs> there you go. What a wonderful woman working in the background for you. So you mentioned smell. Does that, I'm assuming that is in reference to like a, a deceased individual that, that starts to smell over time? Um, yes, a decomp body, as we call them, or someone that's been passed away for a while and has been breaking down, their body's been breaking down because they've been deceased for a while, has a unique smell. Um, most people don't know what burnt skin smells like because they burnt themselves on accident. Um, decomp has a very specific smell. And if you're in the field long enough, you can walk in and know exactly what that smell is and kind of how long it's been there too. I mean, <laughs> once you smell a couple of them for over certain periods of times, it, you, you just know it and it'll never leave your brain. <laughs> so just curious, what's the longest, what's the longest a body has been before it's been discovered and you've worked it? I'm just curious. I had a, I had a job uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, that I sent a crew on that it was a gentleman that um, looked like he fell and was on the ground and deceit passed away in front of a heater for roughly about a month. And the guys I sent on that job, because uh, I was unavailable at the time to go assist them, they uh, they had some choice words about the smell in that one. It was pretty, it was pretty <laughs> bad. It was a lot of um, insects, as most people know, insects come when dead bodies happen and well, dead corpses of any sort, animals or humans. And uh, they were not happy when they were done with that job, but you know, some jobs are easier than others, and they uh, they sucked it up and they did their job. <laughs> Sounds like a, a rough day to be in that line of work. Yes. So, let's well, we can move on. What's something you thought you would never do, but actually have to do in your job? I never thought I'd have to learn as much about estate law and um, wills as I needed to know because when someone passes away, there's a lot of confusion of who's going to pay for what and what's going to happen with what's going on. So I've had to, to help people through the process of what they're going through when their deceased loved ones deceased. Mm. I've had to learn and study basically a lot of law and statues and Indiana law and federal law about how I can help them properly so they don't get them in trouble and stuff like that. So that was something I was not expecting to have to do, but Mm. had to kind of do. 
So more of that business background and understanding the, the legalities of the service that you're providing. Correct. Okay. Huh. And I'm sure a lot of individuals, when you go in and meet with them, are probably not in a great state of mind uh, as you meet with family members to try and you know work through a lot of those aspects. Um, yeah, so that's why we, that's why our motto is uh, help first, business second. We'll go in there and help, and we don't take any money down to begin with. Um, we come and deal with that kind of afterwards with the insurance company. We fight the insurance company with them, hmm. and um, if they can't pay, then we come to an agreement. And um, just like I said, you just kind of you gotta learn a lot through the whole what happens afterwards. And anybody that's been through a deceased loved one realizes there's a lot to do. There's a lot going on when it comes to death that people don't understand until you have to. And mm-hmm. I've had to learn to do that. And I've that way I'm an expert in the field and I can help people out when they ask me questions. Hmm. Excellent. So I think you alluded this alluded to this earlier. Um, you know, why did you decide to become the owner of this business? And I think you had mentioned, you know, as a paramedic, you saw a need, you saw a gap um, as people were in a situation of crisis and trauma, and you wanted to be there, come alongside them, help support them, and provide a service to them. Is that why? Yeah, you that's correct. I mean, I love helping people. I love helping people in their weakest moments, and that's one reason I got into paramedic science. And but. Um, you do a job for about 10 years and sometimes you need to change the pace and uh, this kind of showed itself and presented itself for me and I just kind of hop on the opportunity to help be able to still help people but be a little different and uh, I can make my own decisions so I don't have to worry about anybody above me telling me what to do. Which is, <laughs> except it, your wife, right? Except for my wife. Obviously, <laughs> yes. We, uh, we have a great partnership but uh, um, as any people that know paramedics are all type A personalities and after a while that kind of gets, you know, sometimes you just need to change and I did, I needed to change and this opportunity presented itself and it's kind of the same field as my wife always says, I was the first responder and now I'm the last responder. So I'm still going to help mm-hmm. people and still get to be in the medical field. That's cool. Very cool. Well, until I met you, I didn't even really know that this service existed. Um, I'm sure it takes a very unique skill set and a, and a unique characteristic, uh, unique characteristic qualifications for maybe a worker or somebody who's working in this field um, as they're going into these different crime scene areas, can you talk about you know what are the characteristics or skills you look at for somebody coming to work for you, and maybe what type of jobs are available um, in your company? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, what usually I look for is the trust. You gotta have trust people because they're gonna go into people's houses um, and they're gonna be in their personal space. I mean, most people pass away either in the bathroom or in the bedroom, and that's where most of our personal items are, and we. You have something that's not going to go on there and post it on social media, go around blabbing to all their friends what they found and whatnot because, you know, trying to keep the privacy of the of the situation. So that's probably one of my biggest things. Um, you at least have a high school diploma. You don't really need more uh, certifications after that. Um, you come work for me. I get those certifications for you. But, like, you got to be able to be compassionate to who you're dealing with and the family members you're working with. Um, be able to know when to just you know, understand the privacy that's going on with it and mm-hmm. be able to deal with smells. I mean, it's really, that's the kind of the biggest one there is the X factor. If you can't deal with the smells, you're not going to be able to last long with this job. So yeah. a little different than Jimmy John's free smells. Yeah. You don't want free smells. My job. No, you you no. want to get that respirator as fast as possible and keep it on as long as possible until that job is done. And even then it's still going to get a couple whiffs of it. Sure. Sure. So you, so you're, you're saying that, uh, you've got full face respirator. I'm act, I'm going after like the working conditions here of somebody in this field. So you mentioned hazmat suit earlier. What, what is that environment? I know you said you're every, every scenario, every job is different. 
what are some of the environments that if somebody was considering being a hazmat worker um, or doing this, what would they face? What would that look like? Um, so every job has to have a hazmat suit on. Um, so you have a hazmat suit that does not breathe. Uh, most of my guys are pretty sweaty when they get done. Um, some more than others. And, uh, but as long as you can deal with some of the temperatures, I mean, you do get breaks. Um, if you need a break, you take a break, you wear booties, you wear gloves and you have a full face respirator that decreases your oxygen by roughly 20%. So you gotta be in good physical uh, condition also to do this because it is manual labor for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's attention to detail. I mean, so you got, you're in hot conditions, but, um, but if you do do this type of work, at least, the office I run here in Fort Wayne, I we pay well. A lot of offices pay well um, to offset the work, the hard, hot conditions you got to deal with. Um, but like sometimes you, some of the jobs aren't as bad because you'll be in like an air conditioned basement and you're you're doing something. Now some jobs are outside in a garage but doesn't have a heat, and those jobs are a little rough too. But like I said, it's every job's a little different. And the best thing about it is usually most jobs you go to and you get it done right when you. You're there. You, you get just suited up. You can do it till it's done, and then you you're done for it. You don't have to go back to it for two weeks or anything mm-hmm. like that. So gotcha. So you said you, you pay well, and you hit on a question I was gonna uh, move towards here in a minute. But what I guess what was the average or estimated pay range for someone starting off in your career field, and then something more towards the top of the pay scale? And I guess you could answer that from two perspectives. Maybe as what does a worker make? You know, being in a hazmat suit, cleaning up a job for two, three, four, six hours, depending on how long that, that you're in the suit. And then as the owner of a company like this, you know, what, what might be your middle of the road and, and top range of, of income? So the workers are a little different. Some offices and other people in the industry will pay by the hour. And sometimes they'll be anywhere between 20 to 30 bucks an hour. Um, I tend to pay by the job, which um, sometimes will calculate out to be about a hundred bucks an hour. I mean, some jobs will only be, you know, a couple hours and, after everything's said and done, it's which it's roughly about seventy-five bucks to hundred bucks an hour. So um, it's good pay. Um, mm-hmm. You can find good pay for for the worker, like I said. But it's a certain skill set you need to have. You got to be able to deal with smells, and you got to deal with what you're cleaning up. And most people can't deal with those. So yeah, strong stomach. <laughs> yeah, most people. I can't just grab somebody off the street or, you know, ask somebody to put a respirator on. Some people don't like to have a respirator on their face and mm-hmm. be able to not to breathe, and they're claustrophobic. So. So you can get good money on it as a worker as long as you do a good job, your attention to detail, and you can deal with not breathing and being hot. So yeah. <laughs> lack of a better way of saying it. Sure. Um, and as a business owner, it's like any other business that you own. Um, you can make really good money depending on how you how well you run your big company. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to pay my guys well and give them bonuses and stuff. So um, I would say the middle of the range, you can get somewhere probably the 75,000 and you can go up from there depending on how big you get, how, mm-hmm. how good you run the business and how many, how you, how you educate people to keep using you in the future. Mm-hmm. So you said you're in Fort Wayne. What is your reach? What is the reach of a crime scene and trauma cleaning company actually look like if you're based in Fort Wayne? So I go Southern Michigan, Northwest Ohio, all of Northern Indiana, all the way down to roughly just north of Indianapolis is where I usually market at. But um, I'm part of a franchise I bought and they have a hundred offices. So I've coordinated with them and that's kind of, I got pretty much Indiana right now too. Mm-hmm. So if you give me a call, we'll go ahead and go do the jobs. That's kind of how that works. Gotcha. The hardest part is to get people to give you a call mm-hmm. and yeah. educate them. 
Well, and, I, and I love your motto. It's the help first, business second. I, I really like that. I think that's a, a great way to respond to especially these situations. And mm-hmm. I know in trauma situations, it can be it can be really tough for people who, you know, most of us have never experienced a, a death of a close loved one before. So, um, you know, great, great business uh, a motto and, and something to live by. So I like that. Um, what would you tell someone or encourage them to do if they're looking into going into, uh, this is the human service pathway. It's a service oriented pathway, um, specifically a hazmat worker, uh, for crime scene and trauma. What would you encourage them to do if they're interested in something down this road? Um, honestly, probably what I would do if you're really interested in going down this road and you want to see if you can be able to handle this stuff is, uh, when I was a paramedic, we had to ride along or uh, do clinical hours with a pastor at a hospital. And he would go around and deal with the family members of sick ones and deal with family members of people that passed away. And if anybody has, if you've ever had to deal with that before, it's a whole different environment. And if you're going on this field, you're going to deal with that every day. I mean, every time you go to a house, I mean, most people think of crime scene, they think of someone getting shot in a violent crime, but sometimes it's suicide. Mm-hmm. It could be something that committed suicide. It could be their brother. It could be their mom. It could be their dad. Um, and you have to go talk to the family members right after this happens. It's not weeks later. It's usually the same day you're going to deal with them. And they're not even processed. It. You know, they don't even gone through the five stages of grief mm-hmm. yet. And so if you truly think you can handle it and you don't mind the smell of the, stuck stomach, the strong stomach you got, I would go right on with the pastor of the hospital and have him go with him and see how he interacts with loved ones of deceased people. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a fine line there. Um, you try to joke with them a little bit to try to break their ice and kind of get a little light in the, in their life. But at the same time, it's not a, it's a serious moment too, mm-hmm. in their life too. So joking sometimes can cross the line. It's a very strong balancing act. So if you really mm-hmm. want to get in it and start your own company or um, move up in the ranks and be a lead and be the guy that's on charge of the scene, you got to learn those kind of skills. And that's only through experience. You can't mm-hmm. go to school for that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we do, we've done a lot of these interviews with other other active professionals, and I hear that re- reoccurring theme coming up is relationship building and able to work with other people and leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Those tend to rise to the top in almost any profession as we continue, you know, investigating all of this with with active professionals. And those are the, some of the characteristics and qualities that continue to surface in every profession. So I think you're you're right on with that. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share about your experience or your journey uh, up to this point with Bio One, or even your background of paramedic journey um, and how you how you got to be here? Anything else at all that you'd like to share to our listeners? Um, I'd like to share with people that are listening to this and they're trying to decide what they're going to do with their future. Is uh, I did go to Purdue. I do have a business degree for Purdue, um, and I graduated in 2007 and didn't use it until recently. Um, there's a lot of money to be made out there. Just find a niche, find something that you are good at, what you like doing. If people need it, I was good at being a paramedic. I was good at building relationships. I was good at dealing with death. I mean, that's a skill itself. People don't think about it, but it's a skill. Mm-hmm. And I found this niche here in the Northeast Indiana. And uh, now I've created a business, a successful business. Um, Matt wouldn't have me on here if I wasn't successful. <laughs> um, and just be passionate and enjoy what you do because you're going to do it for a long time. So don't do something you're not happy with. There you go. Great thoughts. Um, any, I guess my my last question, maybe selfishly, what's the maybe our listeners are probably sitting out there wondering, man, this is this sounds intense. Uh, I have to ask, what is the most intense job you've been on? And and I guess that's open and broad, but 
intense could be the duration of the job, the what what was on scene. Um, but what is what is probably the most intense job you've ever had to deal with? Um, we do a hoarding job. We do hoarding too, and we had a job here in Northeast Indiana that was pretty intense. She um, she fell. She was found by the fire department. Was in bad shape. Had a bad stroke. And um, family came and found out her house was in ruin. I mean, just lack of a better way, was in ruins. And to go help them out was a big task. Mm-hmm. It took seven full yard, full 30 yard dumpsters to remove all the, the um, unwanted items. And there was a lot of animals that were in there destroying her house. And she was just so overwhelmed. She didn't know who to help. And now that she reached out to me to help her, then it's on you. And so it was kind of overwhelming to make sure you're making her happy with everything that was going on. And it took, it was two weeks. It was a, it was a tough job. And wow. some of my guys were pretty, pretty worn out by the end of it. Um, and it's a great learning experience that we learned from that. She's, uh, she's, she's back in the house. She's doing much better. She loves it from what I understand and everything. She's, she's pretty happy with it, but it was intense trying to figure out all the moving parts of, I mean, we had to rip up flooring. We had to rip out, walls we had to take care you know clean things that she wanted to keep mm-hmm. toss things that she didn't want to so it was a pretty big process so obviously that's probably the biggest challenge i've had so far with the business the um the crime scene this stuff is pretty straightforward for the most part um after a couple of them you kind of it's kind of has the same process to them mm-hmm. they're not too challenging they just how you're going to clean it is a little bit different but mm-hmm. same process as most of the time gotcha okay well thank you so much for being here today i appreciate your time kellen uh, thank you for to the listeners out there for tuning in today. And remember to subscribe to our channel as content is updated weekly. Please leave a review and share us with your friends. Also, if you're interested in hearing from a specific professional, please send us an email and let us know what profession you want to explore. You can always find more information about the J. Cruz Education Center at jcruiseducation.org and on our Facebook page at J. Cruz Education. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.